What's up, podcast? You guys are about to listen to an episode I did with Nick Nielsen. Nick's joined the podcast in the past. I think you'll enjoy this episode. Him and I jump into the current state of the financial marketing scene, um, what's going on, some of the low-hanging fruit opportunities that he sees, that I see, that so many advisors and asset managers alike are just missing, frankly, at the moment. And then we also discuss what him and his firm have on their plate as they close out the new or close out 2021 and head into 2022. So I hope you guys enjoy. There's some value here. And as always, um, rate the episode, subscribe to the podcast, and we'll talk soon. Cheers, all. I'm excited to do this. Yeah, man. How you doing? I was gonna I was gonna call you the last couple of days, but I'll be like, no, Corey wouldn't want that. Corey wouldn't <laughs> want that. He'll want to keep it. He'll want to keep it fresh. Oh yeah, you can't. Don't step on the conversation. It's rule <sighs> number one. Um, so how are things? Life's good, man. Life's good. He's got a lot going on. I'm proud of him. He's doing a lot of things. He told me about your custom box ideas. Like, oh, that's so cool. He's just, he's, he thinks through a lot. And I'm, I think if more advisors did that, they would be in a much different place. Oh yeah. Yeah. He's good. Smart. Um, so yeah, let's, uh, I've got a bunch of stuff I want to get to with you and, and just, you know, have a chat and there's nothing as always nothing off limits. So whatever you want to chat about, but I, I do selfishly have some stuff I want to pick your brain about and good primarily because I think it adds value to, to other advisors. I think a lot of folks look to you um, whether you know that or not as, you know, kind of a, I don't know if trailblazer is the right word, but I think they think you're, consistent you show up and, and you put in the work and i think people like hearing about hearing where your frame of mind is i'm the cal ripkin of linkedin i like to think of it <laughs> not a, not a lot of skill baby i'm gonna hit 240 i'm gonna show, show up, up. 2152 times <laughs> keep coming back for more baby if there's a game i'm gonna play that's awesome hey so what's uh what's on the radar what are you looking at um to do list q4 q1 anything marketing related that's on your mind that you're thinking about over the next 60 to 90 120 days uh the book the book is front and center um which is absolutely turned into a compliance debacle on uh so i use the phrase best companies in america and the world on tons of content it's always been approved Halfway through the video submission, LPL changed their policy and no longer likes that phrase. It's in like 14 videos. That's a headache. And they're short videos. And if you take that out, that'll make sense. So it's like 26 are done, 14 have to be reshot. Going to reshoot them on December 2nd. Um, so like, like that's that's big. Is this stuff you mind sharing with the public audience? Do you care if we dig into this or is this uh, stuff you fine. want to hold close to the vest? No, no, that's fine. So uh, what you're doing is you're coming out with your, you're outlining or putting in the work to put out a book. And with that book, you have some videos that accompany some of the topics you talk about. So that's a little bit of the backstory here. Yeah. Yeah. What's your plan? Do you have to have those reshot? Yep. Going to reshoot them. It's the only option. Right. There is no option. That's annoying. Um, so, I mean, I, it, it is what it is. I mean, it's just the growing pains, learning pains of the process. That's fine. Um, we redid our website or we paid someone to redo the website. Um, and we did their SEO content accelerator kind of package and we'll call it an experience. Um, and just learning a lot about that, like how Google indexes information, right? And how you got to have links and trying to create a, a few pieces of relatable but longer term content and just trying to create the web on the website to get people lost in it, right? To, you know, if you're talking about like what we did one on the sandwich generation, it's kind of a longer form article, but it goes pretty in depth 
about uh you know some things are getting searched that we found through you did you did one what like a blog post yeah so it's pretty long i mean it's a long blog post but there's opportunities to link to other content that we've done so what you're saying is uh, you guys are you've broken down the know my plan site you're having it rebuilt and when you're doing that you're putting in some deeper content into the site that matches or has phrases and keywords and topics that Google can jump in and grab. At the same time, you're putting in the long form content that allows people to, um, you know, find relatable topics within your ecosystem and continue to spin around in there. Exactly. Um, so it's, it's trying to get everything all like linked together, right? So it's like one continuous loop. Like you don't have to go back to the blog button and then search in college planning. Like, oh, that was, you know, that, that was a great point that Nick made about Roth IRAs. Let me go back to the blog, search for Roth IRAs, right? It'll just have the hyperlink in there. Like it's a continuous, it's trying to just link everything up. And it's just a, it's a huge undertaking. And then one of the things that Andy has done that we've kind of challenged him to do because he can write is he's taken and he's knowledgeable. He's taken a lot of the doodles that I have done with like three bullet points. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's no links in there. So Google doesn't know that they exist. So what he's done is he's turned that into longer form content instead of me saying like, you know, when you think about investments, remember the acronym TAG, which stands for tax efficient, access and growth. Like I would have three bullet points, just tax efficient, access, growth. Well, he would leave those three bullet points, but then he would be like, what does tax efficient mean? You know, what kind of access are we talking about? And then he'll have, you know, a nice paragraph, third grade level of learning version of that stuff. Maybe fifth grade. This this project in and of itself is, you know, a a monster undertaking. I mean, just using your words, but that on top of a book yeah you've got your you've got your next quarter and a half two quarters mapped out here i mean we have a 184 blogs on the website currently that he's having to go back relink rebuild at the same time i have content that's just been on linkedin um starting september 1 none of it's none of it's gone on to the website at all let's dig into this a little you're doing because you're doing this. Your behavior here is backwards. Um, in this, in the, and and I say that meaning you did it right. You came out and put out a ton of consumable content for the last couple of years that has helped build the business and, and build the foundation of the business. Now, what you're doing is what people typically do first is they yeah. build this SEO, SEM structure model, which mm-hmm doesn't have any attention to it. So right. um, super interested to, to get your take on that. Are you feeling like you guys have properly capitalized on the, um, the outgoing content that you're putting out? And now what you want to do is make sure you fortify what people find when they come in. I think like the LinkedIn component is... I, I, I just have this feeling that we're going to wake up one day and LinkedIn's just going to be gone. Right. It so it's, mm-hmm. and I, I, I feel myself spending less time on LinkedIn every single day. I think the content gets worse. I think the people that are there that we're ultimately getting as clients are people that are there to job, to job hunt. You know, that's why they're there on LinkedIn to begin with. No, like you've said, nobody goes to LinkedIn to like hang out and have a great time. But if they find something consumable while they're scrolling, they might stop, you know, for a second. So, I mean, to your, you've, you've done a great job of like LinkedIn is like short consumable nuggets that hopefully piques their curiosity enough to go to your website where they raise their hand, where they send you DM and say, hey, tell me more. I'm, I think I'm looking for somebody like you. Um so have we fully capitalized on that? You know, like, absolutely not. You know, I'm not a 300 hitter. I'm a 240 hitter. Um, there's people that do better content, um, people that are more engaging. So have we maximized that? No, it's been efficient though. 
but I, I would th- challenge you. I think let's just play this one out. If we were still in this period of this time last year, would your head be where it's at? Would you be thinking LinkedIn's there's a, there's a, there's a fade happening here. There's, you know, there's some air being let out of the balloon. Would you, you and know my plan be making this transition or would you guys still be pedal to the metal? So we're still going to continue to do LinkedIn. Like we're going to ride that thing until it dies. Like you're not going to get me off of LinkedIn, but I'm also trying to think two, three, four, five years into the future because I, yeah. I, I know LinkedIn's just not going to be there forever. And if that's the only thing that I'm doing, I'm going to wake up one day really sad and alone. I'm going to be the last man on the Titanic. But um, so that that's why we're building the other stuff that hopefully lives on beyond the LinkedIn. That's maybe a little bit more detail, maybe giving away a little bit more of the cookies for people that do want to learn more behind the, the for someone who wants a little bit more meat and potato than just a quick 10 second take. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, it's, it's the, you're building out the searchable content, which is exactly, uh, yeah. you know, that searchable content. Now this isn't, correct me if I'm wrong. You're not in your frame of mind, whether or not how people find you is beside the point. You don't sit back and think my goal is to capture random people who type into Google, find a financial planner. Is your goal more so to find people who happen to know a little bit about you and want to do more research? I think that's the hope, right? I, I, I hope that they have, have seen me, heard about me through some other medium. And this is a validator. I, I, st- I still think that is like the 80-20 rule. My guess is that's still how 80 pe- 80% will find me. But I, I also hope that there's a way to build something that if done correctly, um, internally, we've been talking a lot about the sandwich generation and that's just probably a really bad terminology to think about a lot of people that are our age that are raising children, but they also have parents who are starting to get older. And then us, we're kind of in the middle of these two different generations that each have different planning requirements wrapped around them. They're both taking up some of our mental space. Mm-hmm. And, and so we've, we've done a lot of work around kind of the, the mental thought process around the sandwich generation, all the problems that, that, that they're facing. Um, so I'm, I'm hoping that as the term becomes more and more mainstream, because for surprisingly, a lot of people are searching on Google financial planning for sandwich generation or some variation of that. I'm hoping that there's some people out there come to find, find me through, through a really good article that makes them think differently about what we're saying versus what everybody else is saying. Yeah. And this is why, and this, I don't, this is not a free consultation for know my plan, but this is why I want to push you guys specifically and everyone watching and listening. Um, advisors, wholesalers, uh, you know, um, investment managers. This is why YouTube's so important because if you can capture that keyword, that key phrase in the title of that YouTube video, it's game over if, if, if you've addressed the pain in the video. So, right, I'm, we're the same age. I'm yeah. two months older than you. Yeah. So I'm going to type in something that's very familiar to what you and, and your wife, Jess, and you guys raising your kids are dealing with into Google. And if your video pops up, you win. That's the, that, that's, that's, it. that's it. Yeah. Yep. yep. And it's, um, I mean, there's things you got to do to play the game, right? You're not just going to miraculously show up. I mean, one of, one of my homework assignments is when I wanted to, you know, educate myself further on the sandwich generation is I went and I, I, I down or I read the top five articles that show up when you make that search term. And I did Let's a SWOT. Keep going. I want to, I'm did, interested in where you go with this. And I, and I did a SWOT analysis on it. Right. And I'm thinking, all right, what I really focused on, all right, what are, what are these articles missing? Because clearly Kiplinger and Fidelity and Charles Schwab and Merrill Lynch are not putting out an article. if No one is searching for it. 
So what I, I, what I did is I did a SWOT analysis on it and I'm thinking, all right, these are the things that I think that they're all getting right. I don't need to hammer on this because people are already hearing this. Mm-hmm. But I think there's some weaknesses in what they're saying. I think there's some opportunities to address things that they're not bringing up. Because if I have nothing new to add to the conversation, I'm not going to really talk about it. But I think there's some things that are missing at a high level and things that we can do to help educate the masses that these articles just aren't hitting on. So I kind of use that as a starting point, just thinking big level. If I want to consume content, I want to consume the best possible content. So I have to have a framework to begin with of what I want to talk about. So that's kind of how I built what will become, for lack of a better term, this pillar content around sandwich generation, which includes some longer, one long form video, which will go on YouTube and then have that broken into a bunch of smaller consumable chunks of 20, 30 second sound bites. I love it. Look, I want you to keep pushing with what you're doing and, and keep, I mean, you've got a full plate, so don't let off the gas, keep this going. I want you to keep a notepad on your desk and I want you to use me and your neighbors and the other folks that are your age, not you. I want you to keep them in mind yeah. and write down the stuff they would search. Do I have enough money at 40 question mark? That's literally what some oh, yeah. means would write, right? So it's, this is not about difference between Roth and traditional. This isn't about getting into the weeds on taxes and all that shit. I want you to think of like when you're sitting there, you guys are out apple picking or something like that that's what this guy's thinking right now. Like, do we have enough? And that's your title to the YouTube video. Yeah. And I don't care if Kiplinger or insight, you know, whatever insights magazine have done it to ad nauseum. It doesn't matter. Yours, you do the same thing because you're going to talk about it a little bit differently. And that's the point. And if you have a library of 25 of those, it's, it's game over. We're having a conversation where you're like, yeah, we have a marketing team. Yeah. Well, um, as we've talked about a little bit in the past, like when I create content, think about my avatar, I try to use the exact phrases that they say. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't want to change it. Like the one thing that we continually hear, like more than once a day, I don't want to be a burden to my children. Like that phrase comes up all the time. Fair, but I'm not, you're not typing that into Google. There are people that are. Yeah, I mean, there are people that are like, like, or like, it, it would be like if you, you're going to have to kind of like finagle it. Um, but people aren't just typing in long-term care. No, they're definitely not typing that in. They're typing in how not to be a burden to my children is like a very um, high, like at periods of time, really high Google search, which I never would have dreamed of because people use the word burden. I, I just want in, you to at come least, up with at least in North Carolina, the word burden gets used a lot. So if I'm creating content, I don't want to be like everything you need to know about long-term care. No, agreed. My article would be like, um, you know, how not to be a burden to your family, you know, creating a plan to not be a burden, whatever. You're going to hate me because I'm going to keep pushing you on this. And it's not articles, it's videos. It just is like you're marketing to a generation that, is at the end of the cycle of when reading was enjoyable. No, I, I, I think the only reason that you write is for, is for Google to read it. The only person who's reading this stuff is Google. Right? Let me just, it's, it's like, you have, the, you have the video, but then below your video, you have all your text, yep. right? You transcript of the video, basically that Google can read. The I think biggest home run for you is a YouTube clip of you talking about a relative a topic for 120 to 300 seconds. The t- there's the title in the thumbnail, then the title under the actual title is different. Mm-hmm. And then you put the text in yeah. Google owns YouTube. YouTube's the second biggest yeah. searchable website in the planet. They got a pretty tight connection. And, and, and let me blow everyone's mind here. If you don't know this already, these programs actually can read the images. So when your image 
it's text on an image. You can't highlight it with your mouse. They read that. They know what that says. Right. And that is um, something that I don't think a lot of people know. So if you get a chance at two titles when you make a YouTube video, you get your thumbnail title and the title, and then you get all that description underneath that no one reads but Google. Yeah. Well, that's who you want to read it because they, you, you, Google wants to make their users happy, right? If, if, I, if I want to learn about the best way to base a turkey, like I'm a happy consumer if Google puts the best possible video in front of me, right? So Google has a vested interest to match the intent of their consumer with the actual right video. Google Correct. wants to get that right. Correct. You know, you always get this free, this, this free marketing shit, which is hilarious because I'm going to give you another good one. <laughs> Send out an email to everyone ahead of Thanksgiving or something and tell them to pay attention and, and figure out a way to phrase it so that it makes sense. But you can get so much valuable information out of your current clients based on, guys, I'm doing, I'd love to know some of the things that come up, you know, that, that your family and your loved ones are concerned about re relating to finances as you guys all get together at Thanksgiving. Like your greatest um, research is knowing what every 35 to 50 year old is thinking about right now. Right. And, and yeah. people are going to be talking about that. Right. It's also a huge miss if, you know, a lot of financial advisors just aren't willing to talk about, you know, crypto or NFTs stuff like you got a lot of people out there that just like refuse to acknowledge that it exists and it will destroy their legacy business yeah i i, I promise you that 90 percent of 35 year olds are aware of crypto and nft and it's on if they haven't done it it's on their mind if they haven't done it they're thinking about how do i do it should i do it like that is a or question. they've got a relative that's done it right right so I mean, I, let's, let's, let's stick on that because I, that's another topic I have here written down. And I know you believe, I, I, I want your thoughts on this, but like, why Nick do advisors take this the high almighty stance of like, because it's not our traditional currency, da, 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 I'm just going to completely shit on it, which causes everyone else who's experienced it or has a loved one who's experienced crypto or NFTs or anything in the metaverse to be like, look at that person like, dude, you're just totally judging me. Like I, I'm, I might have a hundred bucks in it. So like, why are you totally acting that way? Yeah. I, I, I think, um, I think the um, financial planning business works in two different silos. You have the advice business and you have the asset management business. And if your value is wrapped around the asset management business, you can't stick NFTs and crypto inside of an advisory account and charge a fee, right? So if, 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 if I say, yeah, you know what? It really makes sense for you to have a 5% allocation to XYZ cryptocurrency or a basket of cryptocurrencies. All right, where do I get the money? Well, maybe I have to sell it from my asset management book, raise cash, I send my client cash. Now they have, now my assets under management, which I'm billing on, go down. So if I tell them, yeah, that makes sense to have a 5% allocation to cryptocurrencies or NFTs, I'm essentially giving myself a, a pay cut. And I think that's- What's, the, what's the alternative though to that? Is losing them as a client or having them feel like they're being negatively judged? I think, I think worse than being negatively judged is not being able to provide some level of guidance or transparency around that process, you know? But I mean, the, ult the ultimate, uh, the end game is that you lose, you certainly lose those clients. If you, if, would, I have no problem. I, I have no way to do it in an advisory relationship to say, yeah, you should have X amount in crypto or NFTs, but I have no problem saying like, Hey, yeah, that sounds, that sounds really cool. Like everything in moderation is great. There's no reason why you can't have NFTs. And Wouldn't that make more point. sense? That just seems like it makes so much more sense. Like I don't, if my advisor doesn't like sports cards, I don't care. But if, if they come at me and they're like, you know, you really shouldn't have $2,000 wrapped up on that wall. Right. <laughs> well, who are you to tell? Like, I like it. Right. Have you ever, have you ever heard of the S and P 500 index fund, Corey? 
you know, like, I, I, just, I, I don't, I don't care. I, I like, I like Ben Simmons and that's, no, I don't name. like him. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sitting on a couple grand of worthless rookie cards from him. Not happy about that. No, like I, I think you just, you, you have to embrace it. Everything is great in moderation. And, you know, sometimes, sometimes these things go really well and people make a lot of money. Do you and, think advisors see it as like threatening at all? Because I, I, I'm asking because I've oh, really seen anything seen that takes biggest. assets under anything that takes away from assets under management is a threat, right? But if done correctly, it could actually increase assets under management. Is a vacation home a threat? Sure. Do advisors act that way? Like, let's be real. I, I'm sure. learning this. I'm, I'm just seeing advisors take this stance of like. Crypto's stupid. It's going to be worthless. Da, 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 and it just seems like over the top. Like, just chill. Like, like you well, don't the, have to buy it. Yeah. I mean, the one, the one thing, if I have a non-qualified investment account, I can collateralize that investment account and go out and use a securities-based line of credit to purchase a vacation home. And I still have my assets under management. Okay. Right? So the, the vacation home that isn't necessarily as big of a threat to an advisor as trying to find, you know, hey, we think stocks aren't going to do as well over the next decade. We think bonds aren't going to do as well over the next decade. Hey, but it looks like this crypto thing or NFT thing or baseball cards, maybe that, or art or whatever it is, maybe that will do really, really well. Um, so you, uh, like I said, everything good in moderation, it's definitely a threat to the traditional financial planning model because most people, me included, have not broken apart from uh, an asset management fee and a financial planning fee, right? If you're, if you're charging just a financial planning fee, whether it be flat fee hourly whatsoever, it's a little bit easier, you know, to do those things. But the vast majority of advisors are still doing just a advisory fee only. It just feels, this is why I love what you guys are doing. This is why I love you. This is why I love everything. Like, this is a relationship business, man. This is not a transactional, like if the sooner advisors get over this idea of like, they're missing out on some commission or some, some fee, like build the relation. That's why the sandwich generation and the millennials and everyone under us are going to be looking for a different style of advisor that is not yeah. adapting to the world. Like, I'll tell you, I would be so pumped. Like this is, one of my big like bucket list items is like, I would love to have like the 86 Fleer Jordan, mm -hmm. you know, like, a, like a nice one. doesn't have to be a 10, but like, like a nine. A ten. <laughs> we like can buy nine, your house again with a 10. <laughs> an eight, an eight, whatever. But like, yeah. if, if, if I had one of my clients that came to me and said, you know, Nick, I've, I'm this, I'm a huge Jordan fan. And the price of this 86 Fleer, I've been looking at it. I've been trailing it got a nine out there that I can get for 125 grand. I'd be like, all right, what well, I mean, like, let's figure out what we're selling. Let's raise the cash, man. This is awesome. Yeah. You're in a good let's spot. Do you it. Guys have, right. Yeah. You're, you've you're, done all, you've done all the right work. You're not jeopardizing being able to retire or putting your kids through college. You, you know, you're, you're doing this out of a place of abundance. Like if there's a way that keeps you on plan and we can get you this really awesome Jordan card, like let's figure out how to make that happen. You just gave me goosebumps listening to that because to me, that is the most referable conversation in the entire world. I will also is. say it's a lot easier. It's a lot easier to be in the place, to have that conversation, being in a place where I'm at now. Fair, but this is why guys like Thomas Koppelman, some of these young kids are going to win because they're going to approach this thing differently. Completely different, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I completely agree. But to, to your point, it's about relationships, it's experiences. And if an advisor can feel like they can live a little bit vicariously through a cool experience, that's going to be something that they can share together and talk about uh, You know, for 20 years. I mean, wouldn't it be an amazing thing to work together and be like, Corey, like we're doing so good. Like, I just want to let you know that we have the wiggle room. Let's go get that Steph Curry tops Chrome rookie card. Like, let's get a 10. Like we got it. We're doing great. Everything's on track. Like, I know that's important to you. Like now's the time. Let's make that happen. Like we'd remember that forever. Yeah. We both, that will. would be, 
that would be, I mean, it would just, the, the ripple effect of that conversation goes down to my kids and then my kids choosing to stick with whatever know my plan is in 40, 50 yeah. years, right? Yeah, and it's kind of like, you know, what's, you know, sometimes you have to think outside the box. We talk to people like, like what are the bucket list items? Like, what's, what's, what's super cool that you're going to be talking what, what are the kids going to be talking about 30 years from now when they're sitting around at Christmas? Oh, uh, yeah. Remember, remember when dad took the summer off and for eight weeks, we drove around the country in an RV, right? Yeah. That's cool. Or the kids remember like, yeah, this is when dad went out and spent probably way too much money, but he got this <laughs> stuff. He got this stuff Curry rookie card and it was so important to him that he got one for each of us. I'm pulling it up right now because I think we talked about that over the summer. Sorry, I was trying to type under my computer here. Um, and I have a feeling we, me, I missed a few thousand dollars of growth in that card. <laughs> you know, also you take the other stance, right? If an advisor has really tried to come up, has worked hard with a prospective family to figure out like, what are some of the cool things they'd like to do? doesn't always have to be basketball cards, but it's great to make that phone call and say like, Hey, Corey, like, I know we talked about the crypto. We invested 10,000 in crypto. I can't believe it's worth a hundred. I, I can't believe it. Yep. But I also think now, why don't we take some of those gains and let's, let's, let's do the RV trip. Let's get that scheduled before the end of the year. Um, you know, I know your wife's been on you about buying a new car. Let's do the, let's, let's get the new car out of abundance, whatever it might be. Like those are fun conversations to make. And some of the people that have made this incredible money in crypto or NFTs, like it doesn't have to stay in crypto and NFTs forever. You can use some of the abundance to do to do different things and i think i think whenever you have the framework that you want to do what's best for clients or what you what you hope is best for clients and i, I think everything just takes care of itself i agree i just i think what happens is advisors who i've seen be overly aggressive against maybe the, the metaverse crypto stuff would say well that's my behavior i'm i'm so loud against it because i don't believe that it is best for clients and I think what it, it just doesn't feel like they're treating it fairly compared to other things. Like what if I was into classic cars and I had a 57 Mustang in the garage that was 200 grand, like that's also a collectible that you could argue, you know, like that might not be the best use of my money having a piece of steel in the garage and just sits there. Right. And artwork has had incredible returns. I mean, I think some of it is just education, right? Whenever, Whenever you're not educated on a subject, I think that's the case of a lot of these asset classes that we're talking about. You know, it's 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 hard to help people invest in them if you're not educated in them yourself. Yeah, I, I think the thing is though, like, I don't know. It's just I don't think you have to, as an advisor, know the crypto space. I just think you have to be willing to not demonize it to people that you that, that may enjoy it and that i think that's the point you know yeah, and I, I i think as an advisor the only thing that i warn people about would just would be the gambling type of behavior right like you know are we looking at i guess the first question would be are we looking at this as an investment are we looking at this as just speculation yeah i mean it's either way, <laughs> it's either way yeah either way is fine you know that's fine. Like if this is, is this, if, if we want to take whatever 5% and speculate and we understand that this, you know, $10,000 could go to a hundred, but it could also go, you know, to zero, zero or, sure. you know, a hundred bucks, whatever the case might be. You just kind of want to go in eyes wide open. And, you know, hopefully my personal thing is like, I think for the most part, gambling ends up going wrong if you do it long enough. I'd rather it be like, yeah, we really believe in, you know, this blockchain technology, or we believe in this cryptocurrency for this reason, or this basket of cryptocurrencies for this reason, we view it more of an investment that gives me more of a peace of mind as like a, a Sherpa or a guide in this, 
in this process. Yeah, understood. And I don't disagree with you. Hey, while I've got you, I've got a couple of things I want to chat with you about. Yeah. Talk to me about what are your thoughts on the Bagot, the Bagot behavior? And that is the tried it, didn't work, bagged it, we're onto something else. Because I find that behavior as it relates to marketing in the financial world that um, folks in our industry, FAs, wholesalers, investment managers, everyone expects some expects there to be some sort of silver bullet, some sort of uh, miraculous return, a, a magic pill, a, a diet pill, right? But I find that tremendously ironic considering the advice that the entire industry is always giving to the clients at the end, which is patience. This is right. in your best interest long-term. Like, So talk to me about that. I think everybody wants we're, we're we live in the age of instant gratification you know long long term is 18 minutes you know i think there was a stur- survey done that said the average human can only consume 18 minutes of, of television let's say that's like the most that they can mentally consume and it's probably shorter than that today and that's probably why youtube exists and the rise of youtube but you're right. You're right. It's, it's complete hypocrisy that we tell people to be patient, be patient, be patient. But yet when it comes to our own business, when it comes to our own marketing, we want and expect instantaneous results. I mean, nothing good, no foundation is built on instantaneous results. Like there are ways to lose weight really quick. It doesn't mean that it's healthy or it's sustainable. Also, if you try to do too much too fast, look at the guy who's never lifted before and wants to go try to bench press 315 pounds. Something bad is going to happen. So you got to, I think the number one lesson I would tell anybody is you have to start. You just have to start. There's always a reason not to start and don't expect it to work right away. You want to try to learn from everything that you're doing, right? It doesn't mean that you don't make changes and you don't pivot but you have to stay with something long enough to get any sort of meaningful data feedback. What are advisors missing the most at the moment? Just consistency. The owl goes against you if you're not consistent, bottom line. People will, ne- people will, people will never find you in the thread if you don't post enough. Yeah. Like I've, you, you have I to mean, get out there. I mean, th- there's not that many people who are actively thinking, man, I, I hope I have a run in with a financial planner today. Like, I don't, could, could I, can I get it at Chipotle? Can I, can I get it in the mall? I mean, man, I hope I, I hope I get one on social media. Like, I just hope I get one. And there's thousands of us on social media every day throwing our line into the water, hoping we, we hook the executive who happens to be there. There are people out there who are open-minded to learning new things and considering working with a financial planner. I know it because I've experienced it, but you have to continually throw the line in the water and you hope you get them at that moment and somebody raises their hand and says, hey, Nick, this sounds, sounds interesting. Can you tell me more? but you got to keep doing it. You got to keep doing it. How often do you get the message? How often do you get the message that's, you know, around, Hey, I've, I've been loving the stuff that you've been sharing, or I love the value you're, you're bringing all these topics make sense. Do you have time to catch up? And it's not even specific. It's just that you've dripped on them enough that they've finally made the decision that they want to have a chat. Yeah. And, And my thought process is all along is that, at some point people are going to kind of raise their hand and say like, based on where I'm at now, I really need someone to help me. Yeah. You just don't know when it's going to be. You want to be one of the first three names they think of. Yep. Um, and I, I think it happens, you know, once to twice a week. I mean, this is a slow process, you know, I mean, I'm probably close to two years in at this point of doing it. And I, I, I don't have five or six people a day. I have, you know, one or two a week. And sometimes they're super, super qualified and they're great. Other times they're people that I, I can't help um, based upon what their needs are. And, and sometimes 
It's people that just need a quick course correction as a one-off and I can give them a little bit of guide and they're incredibly thankful. Um, I had a wonderful nurse that we, we worked with and she just needed a little bit of help. Was, I mean, literally it was 45 minutes of my time hearing about her situation, spent 45 minutes with her. She wrote me a nice uh, thank you email, like three paragraphs, incredibly thankful. Nobody's ever spent the time with her. It's cool. I'll help somebody. Mm -hmm. She's not going to be a client, but she might tell somebody who will be a client. I mean, she was she so incredibly thankful for our time that we spent together. She's like, how, you know, how much do I owe you? Can I send you a check? I'm like, no, it's all good. Don't worry about it. Um, Cause ultimately we're trying to help people. Her situation was just so simple on where she was at. It was 45 minutes of my time. She'll probably be set, you know, for the next five to 10 years, but she might inherit money. She might be in a different financial position five or 10 years down the road, but she's not in a position where she really needs probably ongoing guidance at this time. If she does, she yeah. does get in touch with me. So I think you address that. And I agree with you. Consistency is where advisors are missing at the moment. I want to ask you the next question with a different hat on where are the mutual fund companies and the invest and the uh, investment managers missing at the moment? There's no differentiation. They're all the same. I mean, it's literally like a thousand flavors of vanilla bean ice cream, you know, like there is no <laughs> mind blown. <laughs> like you go into Baskin Robbins and you got all the different ice creams out there and you're like, so just vanilla bean. Okay, cool. I really don't like vanilla bean, but I see you have it in 84 different tubs. Like that is the asset management industry. Very, very little differentiation. It is the immediate delete button on the email. It's the immediately immediate block the caller because all their voicemails sound the same. It's like, I almost think there's one script that somebody made a lot of money on long ago and that every company has to like subscribe to this script. Um, it's not good, man. It's really not good. Do you guys find that you do more decision-making or better decision-making without their influence than with? Yeah, uh, so there are, how I generally use them, and I think there are some good wholesalers out there. Of course there are. Who who really focus on education, but sometimes there are financial planning questions that come up that you can get access to their advanced planning teams or stuff like that based upon a particular situation that can be an incredible value add. Um, I think of, uh, I think of dimensional fund advisors that puts out like really killer content that you can rebrand repurpose yourself that's like really consumable the way that i would want to consume content but like they're the exception to the rule like yeah. most of the stuff is pretty bad but they have like short um like powerpoint decks that you can rip apart and just take out like the two or three images that you really like but i mean most most of it's really bad there's still a lot of hard sales out there which I mean, there's no place for in 2021, but I think the people that are good that I have relationships with they're they've more come along as like a guide or education or like, Hey, I just want to make sure that you were aware of, you know, these are the capital gains distributions that are coming out. But I mean, it's, it, it's, it's tough. I mean, it's really tough to get in front of me as an advisor. If I don't know you already. I think, well, we could do an entire extra episode on this. Cause I, I, I think they're so far behind, but um, I think they could easily get in front of you. I think they just need to do it the right way. Like they need to learn where you're spending your time and they're not doing that. I, 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 yeah, I'm not opposed to it. Just the pitches are so bad. Like, right. But I mean, I would be in front of you in a heartbeat because I would be following right. your content on LinkedIn and commenting and engaging with it so that three months down the road, I wouldn't sell you on anything, but I would just have a chat. I, I met, then you're exactly right. One wholesaler who I'd never met before had sent me a, a message on LinkedIn, told me he really enjoyed the content. He followed up with a card that he mailed to me and he included an article. A card? About, it was not a card like some people I know. It was like the old school, like handwritten card, like, hey, 
really, really like what you're doing. And then he attached a newspaper article like about Roth conversions. Like, all right, cool. Got my you, attention. Like, you, you got my attention. You seem like a cool dude. Like, let's meet. Like, it's not, it's, it's just being human. Like so much of this is just completely not the way that you would interact with anybody. Like yesterday I, sh- I shared with my business partner because he didn't believe me. I got like a two minute pitch on a short-term bond fund on a voicemail. Like, like, is this guy reading from the prospectus? Oh, I feel so bad for them because they're, you know what? They don't know better. They're good people. It's just, they're just, sure they're, they are. The, the way it's taught is wrong. It's not human. You know, I wouldn't go up to you in the mall and be like, Corey, great hoodie. Uh, Dude, I'm I'd telling like you, to spend, this is I'd the like best spend, hoodie. I'm sending you a link to this after. I'd like to spend the next two minutes, and in, in, I know we've never met before, but I'd like to read to you about six pages <laughs> from a prospectus on short-term bond funds, which yeah. have to be the most boring topic on earth. I mean, there's nothing worse than reading from a prospectus <laughs> about short-term bond funds. And I think the poor guy literally read from a prospectus. But zero, zero chance I'll ever do business with that company because that is what will be forever stuck in my head. You listened to the voicemail out of comedy. <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Or you get, you know, hey, we're, we, we've just been approved on LPL's platform. We have a... Oh, that's a big one. Yeah, get a, get a call out to everyone in your territory. Yeah, great. Never heard of you. Never heard of you before, ever. Yeah, hurry up and go. Um, look, this is again. We could. We will have to do this again because I enjoy this banter. Um, what else you got? We got a couple minutes. What uh, What's on your mind? Anything non work related? What's going on? You, yeah, you got so some trees being planted. The property looks good. Trees have been planted. That's what my wife wanted for Christmas. I love um, that. By the way, like the heck with more clothes. I don't. I don't need any more stuff. Yep. Well, that's the last thing I need. I'd love to get rid of stuff um, other, than my, other than my baseball cards. Disclosure. I keep asking my wife for another Dyson for Christmas and she keeps laughing at me. I just want clean floors. Yeah. I'm yeah, sick I, of the dog I, hair. I, I get it. I got three dogs, three kids. Um, two, two things I want to I wanna give you. Two gifts, if you would. Uh, have, <laughs> if, if you've seen the movie Dune, I don't know if you've been Not there. Yet. Incredible. If you're this, if, if you have any interest in dystopian sci-fi, it's can't miss. Cool. Um, the second one is Red Notice on Netflix, which is Ryan Reynolds, The Rock, Ooh, and uh, okay. Gal, Gal Gadot. Really, really fun. I think I know. I, I know be... it's hard for us to take time away from this to do others. No. <laughs> but those are, two might good, be, those are two good ones. Like, is he one of the most clever individuals on the planet? Ryan Reynolds or The Rock? Well, he's one of the coolest, but Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. Like, yeah. He's just a witty, he's a smart dude. Yeah, his his character in this movie is is like uh, Indiana Jones meets kind of the comedic character in Deadpool. And he probably has all these one-liners. You're just like, that's oh, yeah. brilliant. Just zinger, <laughs> zinger after zinger. Um, yeah. You know, I was telling people the other day, it's like, I wonder if they just shot this movie like in one take and that he didn't even have a script. Like it like, comes off so natural. It's like scriptless, you know? And The Rock just must smile on set the entire time. Oh yeah, he's probably cracking up. And I yeah. think I think he's a very underrated actor. I think he's really good. He's brilliant too. I mean, look, he's, wasn't he like the highest paid Hollywood uh, star in like 2018 or something crazy? I'm sure he was right up there, but really good you know i know it's hard for us to take our mind off of you know some of the financial world that goes on and i know that you consume an incredible amount of stuff on youtube and now you got me on the down the youtube you know rabbit hole but like if if you can peel yourself away i know you're not a movie guy but those are two two that are pretty fun i will make a promise to you that i will see watch at least one of the two before um the end of the month and your, your wife will like Red Notice. My wife's impossible with television. Like we watched two episodes of the new Housewives thing last night. And I'm just nose deep in the iPad while it's in the background. I, I don't, I'm not mad at it, but it's me, me getting her into a, a movie would be. Yeah, so I- Hello. 
Hang on, I feel like I lost you there, buddy. Let's see if this helps. We'll have to wrap this up and I'll, uh, I'll get back to you on this. I can't hear you at all. Sorry, dude. As you guys could tell, I lost Nick at the end of that conversation there. We had some technical difficulties, and for whatever reason, we couldn't pick it back up. But I appreciate appreciate you guys for listening. Hopefully that added some value to your day, added you know some food for thought in a marketing context as it results to your business and what you have going on. Um, as always, guys, I'm just so grateful for you listening to the podcast, listening to these episodes. And if this brings you any value, if you haven't already, I would be more than grateful if you would, uh, you know, rate the rate the episode rate the podcast it just helps in terms of me understanding if i'm delivering value or not um that said i've been saying this on a few uh outros and even some intros i'm going to be doing an ask me anything episode where i've got some questions that have come in over the last couple of weeks and i'm still accepting questions and i'll probably do this in mid-december so there's time to get any questions you guys have um they'll remain anonymous but it'll be fun for me and it is fun for me to see some of the questions that have come in you guys as a financial advisor as someone who works at an asset manager, as someone who works in marketing, whatever, it actually doesn't even matter your role or where you're at, really. Um, if you have a question about marketing that that fits kind of my wheelhouse, um, I'd love to answer it for you. So submit those questions. Uh, my email is corey at marketerscompany.com. You can DM me on LinkedIn. You could shoot me a text if you have my phone number. There's a, a handful of different ways to get me your questions, but I'll be taking questions and uh, I will, again, keep those anonymous and I'll do a whole episode on addressing some of these questions and, and dialing in specifically um, to address you know any of the nuances that, that you might include within your questions. So uh, that'll be fun. And um, please send your questions along and, and I look forward to uh, seeing them and answering them on a future episode. Cheers, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Talk soon.